0: but that offenses will come in other words you might as well get ready you might as well just understand the fact that you're going to have your feelings hurt sooner or later in your life there are going to be times when somebody's going to hurt you it is impossible but that offenses will come isn't it amazing that the easiest place and the fastest place to get hurt that is in the church? Drunks can get in a, I mean a dog fight in the bar this Saturday and next Saturday, they're best buddies again. But if you get in an argument in church, if you get in a disagreement in church, there's five generations of feuding goes on. That ought not to be. But you know what happens? We as the preachers, the preachers think the people are supposed to be perfect and the, and the people think the preacher's supposed to be perfect and none of us are. Am I right? And we get hurt. Things are said, things are done, offenses come. He said, Hey, it's impossible. They're going to happen. We're living in a broke world. They're going to happen. Then he says in verse 3 Take heed to yourselves. Now he says, Be careful. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. First he says, now let me just warn you, you're going to get hurt. You're going to have your feelings hurt. And then he says right after that, but be careful. This is what you got to do. Forgive him. Right after he tells you that, that hurt will come, right after he tells you offenses will come, he warns us very quickly and says, But I need you to forgive them. You need to forgive them. Then he says this, Hebrews 12, right where you're at. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligently, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of what? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for an opportunity to share the gospel. Thank you for a chance to, 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 to bring deliverance and healing to people that are in bondage. I pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want everybody in this building to know right now that Satan has fought this and fought this and fought this. He has done everything he can to, hear, to get you not to hear what you're fixing to hear. So apparently, there's a ton of people in this room needs to hear this, including your preacher. How many of y'all in this building will be honest with God and before God right now admit that somewhere down in your life, sometime, you've been hurt? Somebody's done something, Somebody said something, something has taken place, and you have experienced hurt. You know... There's an old saying that says, to live with saints above will certainly be glory, but live with saints below, that's a whole other story. Do I have a witness? Sometimes people can be cruel. Sometimes life can be cruel. Sometimes we face situations that brings great pain to our heart. But you know what? This thing called bitterness, it's a devastating enemy. There's not going to be a lot of amens today. There's probably going to be some tears. There's probably going to be some old me's. There's probably going to be people that get angry and leave and will never be changed and never be helped. And they will face the symptoms that we're going to talk about today the rest of their life because they refuse to admit truth. But there's going to be some people today who have experienced these symptoms and they realize finally what the deal really is. And you're going to get some help. Because you know the Bible is true. You know God wants to help. And God doesn't want you to be in bitterness and bondage. God does not want you to be a prisoner to your own suffering. Say amen. amen. Here we have this, this thing called bitterness. It's described in the Bible as a root. A root is underground. That's what makes bitterness so dangerous. It's easy to see when I need adjustment on the outside. It's easy to see when there is a hair out of place. It's easy to see when I need to straighten my tie. It's easy to see when I have a stain on my jacket. It's easy to see things on the outside that need taken care of, and we will do that because everybody will see it. But that bitterness that's on the inside, it's covered. Nobody knows it's there. You're the only one that knows, and it's easy to hide, and that's what makes it dangerous. And bitterness is there. And the Bible says, springing up, there are some things that spring up out of bitterness. There's some things that we experience in our life that we face and we go through and we deal with. And we think it's the issue. We think the symptoms are the problem. But really, it goes back to bitterness. What do you mean by that? We go to the doctor because we have a runny nose, because we have a fever because we feel achy, uh, because maybe we have a headache, and we say, Doctor, you need to help my headache, you need to help my fever, you need to help my runny nose. But he just says, those are just symptoms of a deeper problem. You have an infection, and unless we treat the infection, we can treat the symptoms all we want. But unless you deal with the infection, those symptoms are always going to be there. And see, that's where we're at today. We have so many people here dealing with the symptoms. What symptoms? Let's, Let's look at this, the characteristics. The characteristics of bitterness. If we're to understand bitterness in our life, what are the characteristics? First, fatigue, tired all the time. Wore out, can't get enough sleep. Can go to, go to bed early and sleep late and still tired. Still fatigued. The least little bitty thing wears you out. Fatigue, depression. Don't even know why I feel this way. Don't even know why I'm in a fog. Don't even know why it seems cloudy when the sun's shining. Depression. Negativity. Negative about everything. It's too hot. It's too cold. She's going too fast. He's driving too slow. Just negative about everything. It doesn't matter what it is in life. you just negative about it. Don't even have a positive post on your battery. Say amen. Inability to trust. Just can't trust nobody. Preacher, if I trust them, they're going to hurt me again. You don't know how bad I've been hurt. You don't know what they've done to me. I can't trust anybody else. You know, when we get to that point, it's not only people that we can't trust. We won't trust God either. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. But see, we can't do that unless we trust him. And some of us are still blaming him for our marriage. Some of them are still blaming him for our issues. Some of them are still blaming him for the tragedy that happens in our life. We're still blaming him. How can we trust somebody that hurt us so bad? you all with me? Fear. Afraid of everything. What's going to happen? What's going to happen in the future? Afraid of everything. Then a critical spirit. A critical spirit. See, this is what begins to affect other people around you. How many of you all realize nobody likes a critic? I don't know why I don't have no friends, because you're critical. You're critical about everything. Bitterness is the problem. But a critical spirit springs out of bitterness. You see, we go to the counselor to find out something. Ah, I'm getting bitter. We go to the counselor to deal with our depression. And he'll give you a pill for it. Now, I'm not, I'm not discounting depression. Depression's real. But sometimes there's a lot of depression that can be healed, not from a pill, but by digging out the root. You say, how do you know? Watch this. Where there's bitterness, there's discouragement. Because bitterness leads to paranoia. You start to develop a victim's mentality that everyone's out to get you. You become negative, critical, paranoid, and you become judgmental of others. Malice, depression, negativity, complaints, fear, a critical spirit, inability to trust God and others, fatigue, and loss of sleep. Bitterness has been medically linked to glandular problems, high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers, and even insanity. A leading psychiatrist said it this way. A leading psychiatrist said it this way. 90% of all people in the asylums could be released immediately if they would learn how to forgive or how to be forgiven. Bitterness eating them alive. Preacher, I I, 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 I have experienced some of these things. But I don't don't have bitterness. That person hurt me, but I told them I forgave them. Well, let me ask you a question. You may have told them you forgave them, but how do you feel when you see them? How do you feel when you remember that situation that happened? I was, I was at uh, Brother Dorgan's house uh, uh, New Year's Eve. And New Year's Eve, he had a bad fire in the barn, burnt down, and the fire trucks came out, and there was fire everywhere. I mean, they were shooting lines and, and foam and, and all kind of stuff. I mean, these flames were shooting up, and it was just an incredible sight. Just a heartbreaking situation. Flames everywhere come by the next day and and, and supposedly the fire was out, but there there was smoke drifting up somewhere. You know why? Because down deep in that wood, down deep in the bottom of that thing, there was something still smoldering. Even though on the outside, it looked like it was out. Even though the outside, you couldn't see any flames. But somewhere down deep inside, it was still glowing. It was still smoldering. There was still heat. There was still fire there. And you know what happens? We'll get wounded. We will get hurt. Something will happen to us. Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something that will cause a great pain. And on the surface, we'll say, you're forgiven. On the surface, we'll try to hide it. On the surface, we'll try to cover it. But there's something still smoldering. There's something still burning in there. And every time you see that person, you want to choke them to death. I need a witness. If they park in the front parking lot, you're going to park in the back. If they come to the first service, you're going to come to the third service. If you see them in Walmart, you're trying to find another aisle and the door. But you've forgiven them, remember? I had a guy do something to me, just a deal. Hurt me. We got into a situation and the next day, you know, I'm the preacher, so I got to do that stuff. Preacher can't stay wrong long. You know, he's got to preach the following week. So I got to try to be good and do good and y'all get away with murder. So I called the next day, you know, y'all know the Christian thing. I'm sorry. Look, man, I, it's my fault. And, and look, I, I please forgive me and I, I forgive you and all this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And I hung up. And I could still feel it. I saw him later that week. Fred Sanford was coming out in me. Boy, I was, I just, man, I could feel it. I could feel it. You know what it was? It was the root of bitterness, a seed that had taken root and began to grow in my heart. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I told him, and listen, on the phone, I told him you're forgiven. I'm, you know, hey, I, I forgive, blah, 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 blah. Am I, am I talking to anybody today? Boy, every time I saw him, I was not thinking pastorly thoughts because he hurt me. And everybody knew he hurt me. God knew he hurt me. So I felt justified in how I felt. I had a right to feel this way. I have a right to have an attitude. I never showed it. He never saw it on the outside. I never I never cussed him. I never did anything like that. But God knew it. And and see Let me let me move along. We'll come back to that situation. Number 2, we see the characteristics of bitterness, but then I want you to see the causes of bitterness. The cause of bitter. And, and, and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I know what caused mine. It's that crazy woman. I know what caused mine. is was that sorry man I was married. He cheated on me. He hurt me. He abused me. I know why I'm bitter. I tell you what. I, I know. I I, be, I know why I'm bitter. He abused me when I was a, a kid. They touch me in wrong ways, and they beat on me, and I know why I'm bitter. I know what he done to me, or what she done to me, or what life has done to me. But let me help you with something. Bitterness is not caused by what someone or something does to you; it's by how you respond to that offense. Jesus said, "It's impossible," but the offenses will come. They are coming. Say it with me. They are coming. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Then he says right away, but be careful. Take heed. Forgive. Forgive right away. Forgive. Say, preacher, what, are we, what do we get bitter from? I, I wrote three things. There are several things, but I wrote three things here. We get bitter when we respond wrong to discipline. When we respond wrong to discipline. How many of y'all know of a man in the Bible by the name of Cain? He was the first baby ever born. First baby ever born. Cain. He was the son of Adam and Eve. He had a little brother named Abel. Y'all remember? Remember? And Cain and Abel came to God and sacrificed, came to God to worship. And Abel brings a lamb like he was supposed to, like he was instructed to, like he was taught to. And then Cain said, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to rebel against the the plan of God. I'm going to rebel against the instruction of God. I'm going to do what I want to do and do it my way. And he brings the works of his hands to God. And God was displeased and God told him so. God said, Cain, you know this is not going to work. You know this is not the way I taught you. You know this is not the way this is supposed to be done. Now, if you'll do right, you'll be accepted. He even gave him a second chance. If you'll do right, you'll be accepted. Now, watch this. He got so angry because God corrected him. God disciplined him. He was so bitter and so angry that he rose up and killed his brother. His brother didn't do anything. His brother did right. But he was so angry and so bitter and so distraught over being disciplined and corrected by God, he took out his bitterness and anger on those around him. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Mark it down. Child of God, if you belong to God and you disobey God and you go off in rebellion and you backslide on God, God will knock on your door. God is coming your way. Be not deceived. God is not malt whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. The Bible says if you belong to God, God loves those that belong to him. And whom he loveth, he chasteneth. And if you are without chastening, you're a bastard and not a son. He says if you are without correction, then you're illegitimate. You don't belong to him. But if you do belong to him and you stray away from God and you get out of his will and you stray away from his way, he will discipline you. And you can either receive it and get better. Or you can rebel and stiffen up and get a stiff neck and bow up to God and get bitter. You see, it's not the discipline. It's your response to it that causes bitterness. Not only discipline. How about life's disappointments? Disappointments. There was a lady, "All all you Wednesday night people... Y'all appreciate this. We've been studying Ruth for a month now, and and we studied about a woman by the name of Naomi. Naomi went to a far country. Naomi uh, 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 went to a place that, that that brought great disaster and disappointment in her life. Her husband died. Not only did her husband die, but her two sons died. And here she is grieving. Here she is bitter. Here she is wounded. Life has not been fair to her. Life has not been good to her. And she comes back to Bethlehem and they say, my gracious, alive, is this Naomi? And and she says, do not call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for God hath dealt bitterly with me. Bitterly with me. She said, I'm just a bitter woman. I'm just a broken, bitter woman. Life's disappointments. How many times have I stood right in this spot right here and a, and a groom standing here with sweat dripping off his forehead nervous and scared to death about what's fixing to take place and we have a bride that comes in looking like Cinderella looking beautiful as the day is long and she's coming down and radiant and they come up here and they have dreams and they have desires and they've thought about this moment most of their life and daydreamed and and listen all of these things are here not just to have it totally destroyed in a in a courtroom somewhere because life disappointed them we stand in a doctor's office and the doctor says there's nothing I can do these are the x-rays this is the scenario this is what's going to happen and there's nothing we can do you had great plans for your life you had great desires for your life you plan to retire and do all kind of things and travel and see and do all of this stuff but life has disappointed you you raise a child and had great aspirations and desires for this child and had great dreams of being a doctor, a lawyer, an athlete or all of these things and, and the judge says 15 years. And your life is shattered as your child, your baby is slammed behind a jail cell. Life's Disappointment. And as these things come our way, as the tragedies of life come our way, as the changes... How many of y'all know life can change in the moment and twinkling of an eye? But see, here's the thing. We can either take these things and get angry and bitter, or we can accept the change and get better and blessed. It's all in how we respond to the disappointment. How about, how about life's debts? debts? And I don't mean your cable bill. I don't, I don't mean your car payment. I mean it like this. You remember when Jesus was teaching us to pray? He said, well, now when you pray, this is how I want you to pray. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors as we forgive our you know what that means as we forgive that one that hurt us as we forgive that one that cut us to the heart as we forgive that one that done us wrong as we forgive that one that came into our life and said something or done something that caused great pain and owes us a debt how about responding wrong to those that have mistreated you and done you wrong I know I know. Here's the, here's, the, here's the classic well I tell you what when they apologize and they make it right with me then I'm going to let it go what if they're dead what if it happened so long ago when you was a child and now they're no longer living they're no longer alive what then what if they won't apologize does that mean you have to stay in bondage Does that mean you have to stay a victim? Does that mean you have to stay a prisoner of the bitterness because they won't apologize? Listen, the the cure for bitterness and, and the help for bitterness and the healing for bitterness does not come when somebody apologizes. An apology has nothing to do with it because if that was the case when somebody did apologize, you would feel better. Because that man apologized to me. Now, whether he meant it or not, I don't think he did, but whether he did or not, it would have mattered because I still had it here. An apology does not change the situation. Apology does not do it. It's how you respond to what that person did to you. Bitterness is not caused by what they did. It's how you respond to it. You say, preacher, what do we do? what do we do? I'm tired of feeling this way I'm tired of being depressed all the time I'm tired of being angry all the time I'm tired of lashing out at people who are innocent we're taking out on Willie what Joe done to us long ago we're taking out on the relationships we have now what somebody else hurt us back a long time ago and they're totally innocent many are being defiled many are being hurt in the situation simply because we have refused to deal with our bitterness preacher what do we do? What do we do? The cure for bitterness. And by the way, by the way, this point, some of y'all are going to say, I can't do that. You're going to say it, and I'm just going to say it right now and say it for you so you ain't got to say it so you'll feel good about yourself. But you're going to think and you're going to say, I cannot do that. I get that. Several, several years ago, God allowed me to preach this message and preach on this topic, and I get that because the cure is something we feel like we can't do. So God gave me an outline and a message to preach the following week. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it again because you can do it. You can do it. First, we have to do this, though. Before we can do the final part, we have to do this. If we're ever going to deal with the bitterness in our heart, we have to go to God and receive forgiveness say it with me, we have to go to God and come on now there's more people in here than that, we have to go to God and receive it what do you mean receive it they've done it why do I have to be forgiven why do I have to be forgiven watch this, now look up at me look up at me, I need your undivided attention right here we're almost done, we're almost done Say this with me. Bitterness. Say it with me. Equals, equals. Unforgiveness. Last time I checked in my Bible, unforgiveness is a sin. Watch watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. Matthew 6, 14. But if ye forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But watch this. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Y'all, y'all with me? So preacher, you telling me when I'm dealing with this bitterness, now I'm the wrong? That's what I'm trying to tell you. I was trying to be the Christian, I was trying to be the pastor and I said, I'm sorry man, I forgive you, blah, 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 blah but inside, I didn't let it go. Inside, I didn't let it go. Inside, I still held him captive for his, his situation and what he did to me. I still held him responsible for how he hurt me. Inside, outside, I said, you're forgiven but inside, I was holding on. Till one day, God said, I need you to do something nice for him. I said, what? Lord, do you remember what he done to me? Now, I know you was there. Now, I know you've been busy, but do you remember? God, I'm not guilty. He done it. He did it. And I got that look from the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all know what look I'm talking about? Where God looks way deep in you and He lets you know that He knows. You know He knows. Really? You gonna come at me with that? I said, but God, I don't want to. He says, I know, but you need to. God, He don't deserve it. I know. But you need it. And the moment I got up, God is my witness. I had so much angst and so much anger and so much. And the moment I stood up out of my chair to do what God told me to do. God took it all away. Dr. Craig Edwards. Dr. Craig Edwards. He comes and preaches here several times, and one night, late at night, way late at night, early in the morning, he was called. His sister had been killed by a drunk driver. Was in a horrible accident, and a teenage drunk driver took her life, and he was called to go and inform his parents about what had happened. Can you imagine? You have just lost your sister, now you have got to be the one to go and tell your mom and your dad that your sister has been killed in a drunk driving accident. She was totally innocent in another vehicle, trying to get home, trying to make it home, and was killed by a teenage drunk driver. Can you imagine the 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 anger, can you imagine the feeling on the inside? Can you imagine what was going on and raging in his heart? Months and months later. They were in the courthouse, and, and they were trying this young man for this vehicular homicide. And, 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 and here he comes down the hallway, and this is the room where this young man is being kept before to walk into trial. And he walks up to the bailiff, he walks up to the, to the, uh, the, 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 the uniform officer there, and, and he says, my name is Pastor Craig Edwards, and I need to speak with this young man. And they said, Pastor, we know who you are, we know the situation, but you got to understand, we can't have any trouble. We can't have any trouble. He said, Sir, I promise you, I give you my word, there will be no trouble. There will be no trouble. Brother Craig said the moment he opened the door and walked in and he was sitting across from the table, sitting there looking at him, he said, all of a sudden, all that flew all over me and rose up in me and every feeling that I got. And he said, sir, my name is Pastor Craig Edwards. And I need you to know that I forgive you. This may not mean anything to you, but it means the world to me. And he said, I did not forgive him to let him off the hook. I did not forgive him because he needed it. I forgave him because I needed it. And he said, the moment that I truly in my heart let it him go and let God handle that situation and I let it go to him and I said, God, I forgive him. God, help me forgive him. And God took it all away. I'm telling you, the only way to cure bitterness, you have to receive forgiveness. And with the forgiveness that you receive, you have to take that same forgiveness and reciprocate that same forgiveness that those who have hurt you. Because if you don't, it will never change. Matter of fact, it will get worse. There was a man in the Bible, I I said a while ago that we get bitter when we respond wrong. And, and now, now pay attention, this is really important that you get this. When we respond respond wrong to those who have hurt us. There was a man in the Bible named Ahithophel. You've probably never heard of him. Probably never heard the name Ahithophel. But he was in the Old Testament, he was a counselor of David, Ahithophel. At the time and the point that David was run out of the kingdom by his own son, Absalom. Ahithophel came to Absalom and he said, let me go kill him. Let me hunt David down. Let me run after him. I will go find him. I will kill him. I will destroy him. I will take him away off of this earth. Your kingdom will be established. You'll be set and you'll be ready. And by the way, if it would have been allowed, he would have been able to do it. But God in his sovereign grace kept that from happening. And Absalom said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just we're not, not going to go that route. And Ahithophel was so angry. Ahithophel was so upset that he stormed out of the castle. He stormed out of the palace, went to his house, got all of his affairs in order, got everything the way they needed to be, and killed himself. He committed suicide, took his own life, he was so angry at David and so bitter at David and he was at the point in his mind that if I cannot kill David, I don't even want to live. Wow. What's up with that? Why would, why would he... What's the deal? If you study your Bible, you'll find out that Ahithophel had a relative Ahithophel had a granddaughter named Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the woman who David took and committed adultery with and and had a baby out of wedlock through an adulterous affair, had her husband killed, destroyed her life and family. And even the baby that was born afterwards, his great-grandbaby died because of David's sin he was so angry y'all grandparents in the room y'all know how it is them grand people are better than your regular people and he was so angry and he was so bitter david did the wrong david committed the sin david committed the offense but david was forgiven David broke down and made things right and did what he was supposed to do. But Ahithophel never forgave David. God may have, but he didn't. And because of that, his life was destroyed. Because of bitterness and unforgiveness. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Until we're willing to forgive and let it go life's never going to change it's never going to get better it's just going to get worse because bitterness equals unforgiveness and we must go to God and receive it so we can give it how many of y'all let me say this and we're going to pray how many of y'all have seen the movie Forrest Gump come on raise your hand raise your hand real high so most of y'all seen Forrest. Gump. You, you you really ought to watch that movie. How many of y'all remember the scene where Forrest and Jenny are walking down an old dusty dirt road? And in walking down this dusty dirt road, y'all know Jenny had an issue with 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 drugs and alcohol and sex and 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 in her early childhood, as a child, as a baby and as a child, she had been abused and she had been sexually abused and and beaten and abused in such a horrific way, which led to the lifestyle that she lived. And that happens over and over and over and over again in society every day. And here she's trying to get recovered. Here she's trying to straighten her life out. Here she's trying to leave that lifestyle. And here her and Forrest are walking hand in hand along this this dirt road. And they come past the cabin where she lived and where she had been abused so many times. And Jenny, everything changes. Her face changes. Her expression changes. Everything changes. And anger changes floods over her and she reaches down and she picks up a rock and she throws a rock at the cabin and it bounces off the side of the cabin so she picks up another one and she throws another rock and it goes through the glass and she picks up another one and another one and another one and I think even force helps throw some and she's throwing and throwing and throwing to the point of exhaustion and she just falls down and she can't throw no more She's weeping. And Forrest says something very profound. He says, maybe there's just not enough rocks to throw. Here she is throwing rocks at something she's trying to destroy. Because if I can destroy that image that caused the pain, I will feel better. But ladies and gentlemen, there's not enough rocks on the planet to destroy the hurt that happened to you. Maybe there's just not enough rocks to throw. You see, it's not by throwing rocks. What happens is we try to throw rocks at what hurt us and end up throwing rocks at other people and other situations and we drive everybody away from us because of our bitterness. Because the cure is not about Throwing rocks. The cure is letting it go. Letting it go. Because there's not enough rocks to destroy what hurts you. But there is enough forgiveness to take it away. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray for every broken heart in this place. I pray for every person. Lord, I pray for every person that's in need. I pray for every person, Lord, that's, that's, that's feeling it right now. God, I pray for everyone that needs to come to this altar right now and find forgiveness. You say preacher I just can't forgive that person well I'm not asking you to do that today let's, let's handle that next week won't you come and get the forgiveness you need why don't you come ask God to touch you and help you and say God I'm sorry for being unforgiven I'm sorry for holding a grudge I'm sorry for this bitterness being in my heart I'm sorry for do what I have done God you have forgiven me of a great debt Lord I'm sorry Man, there ought to be people all over this altar. Come right now. Listen, you can be stubborn. You can hold it in. You can say, I don't have a problem. You can do all of that. But you know, you know, you know you need to be here. You know you need to be here. You know you need to find a place in this altar and confess it to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for holding it. I'm sorry for the grudge. I'm sorry for my feelings. I'm sorry for my treatment of others. God, I'm sorry. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, move on this place. God, move on those that have come. Move on those that are here at this altar. God, move on those that need to come. Move on those that are broken. Move on those that are weeping. Move on those that are sorrowful. Move on those that are needing your touch and needing your forgiveness. God, we are needing your help today. We are needing your touch today. We are needing your anointing today. We are needing you to move in a great way today. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll heal the broken heart. You'll heal the wounded spirit. You'll heal the one in desperate need today. You'll heal the one in the darkest place today. God, you'll heal the one that don't even think he needs it. I pray, God, that you'll bring great conviction. I pray that you'll bring great change and great hope and great help into this place. I pray your will be done. God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you for all that you do. All that you do, you're worthy of our praise. Jesus' name I pray. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Listen, won't you come? If you need prayer, we'll pray with you. If you need to be saved, we'll pray with you. If you need help, come on as we sing. As we sing. Let it go. Drop the rocks today. Are you tired of being tired? Are you tired of being frustrated? Are you tired of being depressed? Are you tired of being fatigued? Are you tired of blaming everybody else for your problem? Are you tired of having a critical spirit and having a victim mentality? No. Oh. Very hard to forgive somebody else when you stand in need of forgiveness yourself.